Whenever I'm doing credit repair for clients or credit counseling or consulting for them, I always want to make sure I'm building up all three reports. It is completely useless to use products that report to one bureau and have one super high score. Yeah, and what are we doing? We're, we're talking about real estate. The lenders for mortgage, for cash out refis, for business loans, for construction loans, check all three. It makes no sense to have one super high score and then the rest are low. So you want to make sure you're using products and with lenders that report to all three bureaus. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Welcome back to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. We're going to switch things up today and talk to an expert who's here to give us some very, very valuable advice. If you've ever experienced any negative situations applying for a loan or you've been worried about your finances due to your credit history or what's on your credit report, today's guest is going to set us straight and tell us what we need to do to get back on track. Her name is Terry Kauser of Care Credit Tools. And she's an expert on keeping your credit history clean and raising your credit score. Terry has got the perfect background for what she does. She worked for TransUnion, the credit bureau, for over three years, where she literally updated thousands of credit profiles of consumers from across the country. And she's received training in the Fair Credit Reporting Act, credit repair, and bankruptcy laws. She is the real deal. Terry is also a certified credit score consultant. And during her time working at TransUnion, she not only conducted credit file reviews, but she also worked with, with consumers to process disputes. She corrected countless credit reports and investigated um, numerous items that were challenged by customers. In addition to all of this, Terry also has a background in real estate, which we love. She served two years as the vice chair of the zoning board in Yeadon Township. Did I pronounce it correct? Yeadon. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Terry. Terry's now using all of her knowledge, skills, and experience to educate consumers like us about their credit reports. Welcome to the show, yes, Terry. Yes, great. Thank you so much. You you made me sound amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So, Terry, everybody has their own personal definition of right. what good credit and bad credit is, but is there a universal definition of what it is? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Great. A uh, great way to start. And so a lot of times when I meet with clients, they have a specific credit score as their goal. And I actually usually stop people right there and say, that's not a good goal. And they look at me like I'm crazy. They'll say, I want a 700. I'll say, I want an 800. And what I say to them is you want a 700 for what? Is it because you want a house? Is it because you want to be an investor? Is it because you want a car? And so people really have a lot of misconceptions about credit. And really, you get better results if you define a goal. Because the approval criteria depends on what it is you're trying to accomplish. So if you want for example, quote unquote, good credit 
for a mortgage. Well, then you need to also pay attention to your income, your assets, your debt ratios. And so what is good is very, very relative to what it is you're trying to accomplish. Okay. So I know that there's a lot of, there are a lot of misconceptions out there, but um, basically credit score 101. Yeah. Let's give the the listeners a little bit of, a little bit more context. Absolutely. A credit score goes from what to what? So What's the range? There's different scoring models, but let's say in general, you want to go from like a 350 to like an 800 to 850. Um, if I can just for real quickly, just like how there's Windows XP and 10 and, and Eight and so forth. There's actually different scoring models. So there's FICO 8, FICO 10, FICO 13. There's Vantage scores. Different lenders use different scoring models. However, 99% of lenders use FICO scores. And the basic range, about 350 to like 850 is good. You really can um, get approved for like mortgages and, and like real estate financing at about a 640, 660 and above. Obviously, a 700 and above is good. Actually, actually um, 800 is, you know, excellent, excellent. But just because you're not a perfect 800, just because you're not a perfect 700 does not mean you cannot get good financing, you cannot leverage, you cannot get good deals and good terms. Okay. So, yeah. So what are some important things that real estate investors and contractors need to really be aware of as it relates to their credit scores? So um, good question. So a lot of times when people are applying for different things, um, just regular, regular, regular credit, you put your information in, you get an approval or denial. One thing I really want to get out there to people when it deals with real estate is you're usually having an underwriter or processor actually look at your file. Nobody wants to give you a $300,000 check and they see you have a $1,000 Comcast bill you didn't pay. Okay. Hello. Drop the mic. You know (laughs) what I mean? I'm just, I'm just going to keep it a thousand percent real. (laughs) And so when you're going to have somebody who actually scrutinizes your report, a lot of times for the bigger financing, mortgage, cash out refis, home equity lines, number one, everything has to be right on all three bureaus. It's a much more tedious process to make sure that your credit is um, accurate and make sure that you match the approval criteria, but it can be done. Um, the other thing is that, you know, it's your financial resume. I tell people with your regular resume, you're putting your best foot forward. It's the same thing with your credit report. It's like your financial integrity. So no judgment zone, single parent, life has happened to me. There are times you've had a divorce, you've had a layoff, you've had an illness. Something has happened to cause you to have credit issues. That is 1,000%. Oh, listen, those student loans are a monster. <laughs> I'll probably say like 95, 90% of my clients are dealing with student loan issues. So I'm not saying that it has to be perfect, but what I am saying is that when you want to go for the bigger money, you de- do need to reestablish. So your open, available credit and your utilization matter just as much, if not more, than negative items. And that you do want to make sure that If there are negative items on your report that you either work to number one, get them removed or number two, at least have them as a zero balance. There are so many quote unquote, and if you could see me, I always do these ex, these air quotations and people laugh at me, credit experts, you know, well, they're not on, on social media. They have read it online, have taken an online course, who have watched some YouTube videos, and now they are professing to know what they're doing. It's not the truth. (laughs) It's not the truth. And they'll tell you, don't pay this and don't pay that. But if you're applying for a mortgage and you have three collections and let's say one got deleted and two just will not budge, you want to make sure there at least is zero balance before you get to that underwriter. So again, it's relative to what you're trying to accomplish. 
would would you want to give somebody two hundred thousand dollars if they had an unpaid Macy's bill? Well, this is so important, folks. I mean, it's like a saying, you know, how you do the small things is how you do the big things. Absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, we've all been there, you know, where we've had, okay, what are we going to pay this month? We're going to pay the cell phone bill or going to pay the rent, right? Absolutely. But, but yeah, you got to get, if the the, the the Verizon bill, the Comcast bill is yes. a, a black shadow hanging over, you got to take care of that. Yes. And you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a tip right there. So, the Again, water bill. <laughs> the water bill, right? So I have had, just because I'm the credit expert does not mean I have not had financial situations. I have. So first of all, know what's on your credit report. Get a copy from all three bureaus and stop looking at just the score. I want you to look at the actual account. Why am I telling you that? When life has happened to me and I've had to choose between paying, you know, a utility bill or a cell phone bill or something that is not on my credit and my car note or my credit card bill using strategy. And I use credit strategy a lot with my clients. I'll make sure that my car note is paid on time, no matter what, that my credit card, at least the minimum balance is paid no matter what. And then make a payment arrangement with something like Pico or Aqua or my cell phone bill, T-Mobile, because those are not, 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 not on my credit unless they go to collections. So this is how they, even when I've had negative, I've had situations happen. I've had a layoff before and things of that nature before my business then I can at least make sure that on paper, on mm-hmm. paper, it looks like everything is seamless. Right. Everything is seamless. And so knowing what's on your credit report is the power. It is so super powerful. Um, yeah. We're about to be at income tax time soon. I get people who get their income tax check and they say, I'm going to fix my credit. I'm going to pay everything. It sounds great on the outside. People make so many mistakes because maybe they have 10 collections only five are actually on their credit report. They go and spend thousands. They don't, they're not strategic about strategy, paying the right people, negotiating settlements, negotiating deletions, paying the items on your report first. And so, so many people have good intentions, but they make amateur mistakes because they don't know what they're really doing. Right. And then they get frustrated and they're like, forget it. You know, they just like throw their hands up. Yes. The other thing too is, and this is kind of maybe going off on a little bit of a tangent, but, um, you know, with all of these recurring subscriptions now, yes. I mean, people are signing up for stuff, giving a credit card number out to sign up for something. Yes. Oh, free, free the, for the first 14 days, first to 30 days. And then you forget. Yes. You forget you signed up for the subscription for whatever it was. And the next thing you know, it's like, wait a minute, how, how did that? Things know? are getting overdrawn, your credit card. Yes. Yeah, so again, guys, this is even with like just budgeting and know yeah. what's coming in and know what's going out. I will do budgets with my clients a lot of times in the very, very beginning. But one thing that I do with my clients um, that most people miss is for the very first 30 days, I'll put them on a spending log. What is actually coming out? We know our rent. We know our car note. We know our credit cards. Did we factor in parking, networking events, our hair? Uber. We're getting massages. Uber. Right. And so, <laughs> child. <laughs> And so the thing about it is, is that you cannot have an accurate budget and make adjustments if you don't know what's coming out. So spend a good 30 days and write down every dollar. Are you going to Starbucks every morning? That's $5 a day. People are spending $150 to $200 on coffee and lunch, and then their car note is late. People, we got to do better. Knowledge is power. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk some more about some some myths and misconceptions that are out there about credit scores. Yes. Um, I I came up with a few, 
and if you can tell me if they have any truth to them. So let's, okay. you know, true or false. So checking your credit score hurts your score. True or false? False. So if a lender pulls your credit file, if you're out there applying for a bunch of credit, those are hard inquiries that can hurt your credit, having excessive inquiries. When you yourself, the consumer, are using consumer websites, do you check your own credit report? Make sure you know the website, and I'll give you a couple real quick. Um, that's a, considered a soft inquiry. That does not hurt your score. Annualcreditreport.com. Let me say it again. Annualcreditreport.com is the only site authorized by the Federal Trade Commission to give consumer copies reports to, uh, to people. So you can get a copy. It will be a soft inquiry. It will be your full report. Now, that will just be your credit report. You must pay a fee, something extra for your score. This is also a big myth. Credit, the bureaus are not allowed legally to charge you for a credit report. They can, however, charge you for scores. So that's why you see that the bureaus will give you your report. If you do a dispute, they have to give you a copy. If you're denied credit, they have to give you a copy. But you see a little button or you see a monitoring service and there's a fee for that. They have, they do charge you for scores and there's third party sites that charge you for scores. Okay. okay. But, um, I've, I've noticed recently, um, well not recently, but on my discover city and yep. chase, good. They all have, um, the FICO score as an additional benefit. So that was one of my things. So I'm actually not a huge advocate of paying for your yeah. score. I'm not, you can monitor your reports on your own. Um, a lot of your companies. So for example, Capital One has credit wise, a lot, a lot, a lot of your credit cards and lenders have a, a service for free, 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 our favorite price right. that will actually give you like a monthly score. So don't be obsessed over because remember what I, what did I say? Look at your actual reports. Your score will go up as a correlation of doing the right thing on your report. If you have access to a free score through a lender, that is a super smart way to stay on top of things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I noticed recently um, with City, with my City yes. credit card, I went in online through to my account and pulled up my FICO score. And with City, they do a really educational um, guide to tell yes. you exactly they break down your credit score into its components. Yes. So like you were saying, the utilization, yes. um, payment debt history, yes. debt ratio, um, the types of credit. Absolutely. And it gave you, um, at least with the city's uh, FICO score guide that they attach to your account, they actually tell you this is this is why the score is the way it is and this is what you could do to you know, to raise to, it, to raise it. So super smart. And so, yes. And, and so it shows you a history. It shows you a history. Every month it will give you like month. a little grid and we'll show you if you're grid. up or you're going down. And so that's really instructive. That's really eye opening Cause I hadn't looked yes. in several months and I was like, Whoa, what happened here? <laughs> because, Cause I had been, I had right. been paying, I had been paying on time, but right. I've been using more of my credit line. Yes. So, so which, in my mind I was yeah. thinking, Oh, my credit score should be fine, but I was using more of my credit. And your score so, can literally so my, drop my, drastically. Yeah, my score had dropped a couple of points. Yes. And I was like, oh, I got I to gotta change this. Got, yes, guys. So if anybody, so what she's talking about is credit utilization. Guys, and I always say this to my clients, this is a big point. I don't care if the credit card is $300 or $5,000. What goes into your score is the balance in relation to the limit. So if you have a $300 credit card and you're doing credit repair with me and every time I pull your scores, your balance is $299 and the credit limit is $300, your score is going to be low because that's 100% utilization. But this, when people understand what goes 
into their scoring model. That's something we can easily fix to give you more points. So the balance in relation to the limit on your open available credit is a huge Oof. score, um, either increase or decrease how you utilize mm-hmm. that. Okay. Okay. So true or false. Um, Closing all your credit card accounts will raise your credit score. No, don't okay. you do that. Okay. <laughs> so good, good, good. So, um, so again, everything is very relative. So if you have 30 credit cards, then maybe closing a couple may be something you need because you could have excessive revolving credit. However, in general, you do not want to close open trade lines, like open credit cards, because length of credit history is also a category with your score. So if you had a credit card that's open five years, and then you go ahead and you close it, you're factoring some of that credit history out of your scoring and so it can actually hurt you so what I tell people is you can pay it down to a zero balance you don't have to close it if you don't trust yourself put it in a drawer cut it up whatever you want to do but you want to make sure that you know I mean you're, you're not erasing you're, your history yeah you're not erasing your history now again if you have a couple of other credit cards that are also long and say that one has an annual fee or has an interest rate just to be in full disclosure there may be you know other caveats to it but in general you don't want to close your mm-hmm. open trade lines like credit cards because it can damage your score mm-hmm. true or false debit and prepaid credit cards will help you build a credit score. I love you. You better not think that helps you build credit, especially for my young people. I have a lot of millennials. And first of all, I'm so super proud of them because I'm seeing so many more of them seeking information, um, investing in rebuilding, being entrepreneurs. But no, your debit card, your prepaid cards, they do not go on your credit report. If you really want to establish, and I have some uh, credit builder accounts, I call them, like a secured card you can start with until you build up enough history to get an unsecured card. Um, I'm a huge fan of self-lender. So self-lender is a credit builder card, that, um, well, credit builder account that's installment credit. So credit cards, secured cards are revolving credit. And then self-lender is a tool built just for building your score. And God, look, no endorsement. I need to, I need to call them yeah. though. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but that's installment credit. And the thing that I like about it is two things. Number one, it's a soft inquiry. And number two, it reports to all three bureaus. Whenever I'm doing credit repair for clients or credit counseling or consulting for them, I always want to make sure I'm building up all three reports. It is completely useless to use products that report to one bureau and have one super high score. And what are we doing? We're, we're talking about real estate, the lenders for mortgage, for cash out refis, for business loans, for construction loans, check all three. It makes no sense to have one super high score and then the rest are low. So you want to make sure you're using products and with lenders that report to all three bureaus. That's great. Great advice. Having zero debt will give me a good credit score. True or false? Uh, relative. So what I say by that is that people think that just using cash only and having no debt means that they like have Dave Ramsey child. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> if I had $200,000 in the bank, I wouldn't need credit guys. My message out in the community is never to get into a bunch of you over leverage or get into a bunch of credit and then get things like cars and diamonds and furs. My message is that if you don't have an inheritance, you don't have a trust fund, you didn't wake up and have $200,000 in the bank tomorrow, then you Using credit as a tool for leverage to build wealth is smart. And then you end up having the capital, having a duplex and you living in one unit and you're renting out the other unit and that other person's rent is paying your mortgage. So then you're putting your paycheck in the bank. Now you have capital. Now you're an investor. So my message is always use credit into income producing properties, businesses, ventures. Then you can actually build up having capital. So no, you don't want to have 
if you need to build, if you need to build credit or you want to borrow, you have to have some type of history. You must. True or false. Paying off a collection will automatically increase a credit score. No. (laughs) So maybe a little bit. Okay. So this is where, when I said earlier, you want to at least have them at a zero balance. So if there's a collection that you just cannot, it is, it is a valid debt and it's not going anywhere. Then at the very least, you do want it to be a zero balance. Now, this is where, will it give you some points? Absolutely. Is it going to make that, that one thing going to be the deal breaker for you getting a financing? Or is it going to be the one thing that once you pay it now, all of a sudden you're credit worthy? No. And so sometimes everything I look at what else is on my client's file and maybe they have a a credit card that's maxed out and a collection. Maybe we're four months for applying for something. I will tell them using strategy, pay down the credit card first. Let me see where your scores are. And then when you're financially able, we'll make a settlement on that collection. So it's at least a zero balance. And so I always look at where what's bringing their score down. We attack that first build up the positive, suppress the negative. The combination of the two is what gets you to the goal. Okay, perfect. Um, It will take seven years, seven years to to, to repair bad credit. True or false? False. Okay. So let me explain. So where does you the are coming from? You are just good. I like she did she not do her research. I'm prepared. I did she my prepared. Good question. So everybody always repeats and I know well everybody always repeats the seven years, seven yeah, years. But what people from? don't seven understand that what is that? It's in the Fair Credit Reporting Act, but the part that people miss is it's seven years from the date of last activity. This is why I'm strategic with my clients about what we pay, when we pay them, why we pay them, all those things. Let me give you an example. You have a credit card from 2000. Mm-hmm. You pay it on time forever. In 2015, you stop paying your bills. You just stop and it goes into collections. They can report it for seven years from 2015. That's why I always hear people, what's well, been on my credit report 20 years and 10 years or eight years. Guys, the last activity can be the date closed, the date it went into collections, the date it was, was a charge off, the last date that you paid it. So, for example, if I have something that's about to be at the seven years and six months, and I know that based on your credit and your finances and your goals, we're not applying for a mortgage maybe for a year, 12 months. Sometimes our strategy is to see if we can get it deleted sooner or let it purge off. Guys, the credit bureaus have a purge number, meaning that when that item is genuinely seven years, it will automatically fall off your report. So if you're seeing it, that means that seven years is not what you thought it is. Now, you can challenge that, obviously, but seven years from the date of last activity, people, not from when you open the account. So, Terry, you are so passionate about this. I mean, you're fired up about it. What is it? What is it about? Is it the helping people? Is it the why? Why? Why is it so uh, important to you? Yes. All right. So I know I get so I'm so extra. No, I'm so great. sorry. But, no, you know, guys, without, apologize. without getting like so because because of, of time. But, you know, I'm, you know, single parent um, was in foster care, was in group homes, had my had my oldest son when I was 17 years old. Um, life wasn't looking too great. Do you know what I mean? And I was blessed. And I'm going to say blessed to learn how to look good on paper young and then work for a bureau because I ended up buying my very, very first house at the age of 21. And I only made $14 an hour at the time, guys. I knew how to look good on paper. Was it a mansion? No, it was not. It was an $80,000 row home in Upper Darby. But I was coming from an efficiency in the basement in a crime area. And so that first property 
literally changed my life. And what it taught me is that if I can learn to look good on paper, I can leverage resources that I don't have. Now I've owned multiple properties. I'm an investor. I retired myself from corporate America. And it's all been a blessing because I try to tell people it can be an option for you. It can be an option. And so learning how to look good on paper literally changed my life. And so that's why I get so passionate about like when people are saying the wrong things or people are using credit repair as a side hustle and making mistakes, because I'm like, if you get this right, guys, it can open up so many doors, opportunities and options, opportunities and options. And there's so much misinformation out there. There is. And people think that just because they've paid a credit counselor. Right. Do whatever black hat options are out there so I can just get this. No, no, no. Do it right. Do it right, guys. If it really were true, and I just, I I want you to hear me. (laughs) If it were really true that you could write a letter and everything on your credit report would be deleted, everybody would have perfect credit. Guys, stop. This is why I educate my clients. I put together a plan where the things get removed or not. Or not, we go through what's valid, what's invalid, different scenarios, and I put together a timeline and a stretch goal, meaning I'll say, if this happens, we can do this in nine to 10 months. But if this and this happens, we can maybe get there in three to six months. It's realistic, and then you're empowered. Once you turn it around, all you have to do is maintain it and grow it. Do the work the right way. You can't fool an underwriter. Right, right, right. But the other thing, too, is, I mean, when, when people are, it's stressful. It's, it's stressful. Very. When people are, <laughs> are drowning in debt. It is. Or coming out of a, a bankruptcy or a divorce or something right. that's really financially catastrophic for them. Um, it, it, you know, the, the credit repair and the credit score, yes. it gets wrapped up in a whole lot of emotional stuff. Always. How, how do you help your clients navigate <laughs> that? I mean, setting the goals is one thing, but right. how do you give them that those initial easy wins so they can get build up that get, have some hope? Absolutely, absolutely. So to be honest, this is one reason why I'm passionate about it because usually it's not that people have fifty thousand dollars in the bank and just didn't pay their bills. They didn't know they they weren't aware. Um, things they got overwhelmed, but they just didn't do anything at all, and it got worse. And so, um, my business model is based on benchmarking. Meaning, when I start with my clients, I will say, I need you to do these things right now for the next ninety days. Focus here. Let me do these other things, and then we communicate. And we have different benchmarking appointments. I do it that way so they can have the wins. The different milestones along the way, keep them motivated, keep them happy, but we also get to their result. Um, My business model is that I work with my clients until we get to a tangible result. That means 100% of my clients have a tangible result for their investment. Now, disclaimer, as long as you're not being careless, because I have people that start credit repair, then they repo their car and they get brand new collections. Guys, then you're not serious and maybe you're not ready for this. That's something different. And then you have to fire your client. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's the next episode. (laughs) Next episode. I've learned some things. All entrepreneurs have room for growth. I've learned some things because it's counterproductive for me to work with somebody for three years and you just keep on carelessly getting new negative items. I can't get you there. And you're wasting all of our time. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Terry, this has been great. And definitely we've run out of time, but we definitely have to have you come back. So we have part two of this conversation. Where can people find you online if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more? about your credit counseling service. Absolutely. So I am on Instagram at care credit tools, all one word care credit tools. And then also my website is caretools.net. It's at C-A-R-E-T-O-O-L-S.net. Perfect. Perfect. So folks, that's a wrap. We've been talking today with Terry Kauser of care credit tools. And um, we've got to wrap up because there's another show coming on after this. Yes. <laughs> and um, But thanks for listening for the, to the jumpstart Philly real estate radio show. 
Uh, if you have any ideas or suggestions for guests for future shows, please drop me a line through the Jumpstart Philly website, which is jumpstartphilly.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Terry. <laughs>